This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here. Uh, getting hiya, Charlie. Good morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I'm looking over your shoulder uh, out the window, and the day has just changed. Unbelievable. We broadcast, of course, live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, and this wasn't the conditions out there. It was not like that. Ten minutes ago. Uh, oh, ten minutes ago. No. <laughs> the, you know, the leaves are just flying by. Yeah, the wind is just wind is picked, picked up. up. Uh, Temps dropping yep, precipitously. It's gotten dark. As we speak. Thick clouds have rolled yeah, in. Yeah. But be happy we don't live in North Dakota oh, or Minnesota, Minnesota right now. Wow. They're the Northwest. slammed. I know. Serious blizzard. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ready for blizzards. No. I was out Either am I. still raking leaves yesterday. So, is like, you right? know, yeah. who's thinking blizzards? Well, I got to go. And I was of, sweating, I might point out. <laughs> Alan Gelman uh, of Glen Allen Motors and get my tires, my uh, snow tires So on. you're ready for you when got it. blizzards happen. Before we start, yes. now, I know your eyes are going to roll and uh, all that, but I, I got to give a shout out here. Of course. To a couple to of who? folks. Your, well, your dry cleaners today? <laughs> no, no. No, no. The crossing was, guard at the corner? I, <laughs> would you stop? I was at the <laughs> Apple store at Sherway Mall, mm. and uh, a couple of folks I want to say hi to, Jacqueline, who is a fellow customer who recognized my voice as you're on the radio. I yeah. say, oh, yeah. It's, you do anyway, have a distinctive voice. Yeah. Well, I, I said I'd say hi to her. So, Jacqueline, uh, thank you, and it was really a pleasure meeting you. And also, uh, the uh, sales clerk there, Lisa, just, she was great help in getting me my new tablet set up, because I'm, I'm such a nimnal when it comes to things technical, <laughs> you know. So, what, you got a new, like an iPad? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little, little tablet. But an, Many, uh, an i yeah, tablet. But, well, I want I want to do it to record commercials and stuff on it, you see. Oh. And so I've got a microphone all set up and all that sort of shit. Well, yeah. that sounds very technologically Well, I haven't advanced. got it quite working yet, but never mind. <laughs> well, you just go back and keep asking for help because they're, I've heard the staff you know, of the Apple stores are very good. They're fantastic. Particularly okay. if you pay for Apple Care. Do you pay for Apple Care? Uh, yes, I think $99? Yeah. No, I didn't because oh. it was like $300 items. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they'll, they'll help you anytime. For a big computer, I would have, you know. I don't blame you. Uh, Let me get the phone number. For sure. This is the garden show, after all. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we do like to hear from people. Well, yes, that's true. All right. Charlie is anxiously (laughs) awaiting your call. And here's the number for Toronto to call. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let uh, Sebastian know and me. <laughs> let everybody know. Yeah, let everybody know. And that's you what... will win yeah. garden wings. Exactly. All right. Well, and that's always good. Yeah. Particularly Great since fun. there's blizzards coming. You might well, need those wings you... to get away. Uh, okay, just a couple of things coming up. Well, actually, only one thing that I found, which is the Royal Botanical Gardens Holiday Traditions. Starts today. Runs mm-hmm. until January the 8th. 
Uh, this year, you can avoid the lineups, because I guess there's been some big lineups in the past, by booking your time slot. So your time slot includes a return trip on the RBG Express, hot chocolate and a cookie, storytelling and crafting with Santa's helpers, and, of course, a visit with Santa. Uh, for ticket information and prices, go to www.rbg.ca. Yeah. And speaking of Santa, there's big, the big parade, of course, tomorrow in That's Toronto. Right. And it's going to be bitterly cold. Long underwear. Windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So dress accordingly, right? So speaking of raking leaves, yes. I have a very large Norway maple mm-hmm. in my back garden. And over the years, of course, the tree just keeps getting bigger and there's more leaves every year. And I keep my leaves. I yeah. use the lawnmower and I mow the leaves. Put, the like nice I put, mulch. Yeah, yeah, I put the bag on the lawnmower. So it basically <clears> it's like I vacuum up the leaves with the lawnmower sure. and it chops them at the same time. And then I take those chopped leaves and I put them out on my gardens. So... And, and you might not recognize this because you're not, you know, tuned into all things gardening. But in the past, we have had many calls, particularly this time of year, around tar spot. Black, yeah. mm-hmm. black, looks like yeah. black paint has been splashed onto the maple leaves. Yeah. And people are going, what should I do? What should I do? Like, I shouldn't keep those leaves, right? So what I was noticing as I was doing all this raking and chopping and mulching with leaves is there isn't a speck of tar spot this year. None. Zippo no. zero. Not mm. at my place anyway. So I'd be interested if anybody out there saw any evidence mm-hmm. of tartar spot, let me know. But clearly, that's an indication of the kind of spring we had and summer. Well, I know exactly. What Dry I, When conditions. I used to own a home in, in St. Catharines, mm-hmm. um, we had a tree right up front that had those darn Black spots. spots. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, I mean, it's it's unsightly, but it doesn't kill the tree. It doesn't do any harm to the so tree. So it's no, no pro, uh, problem if you have that in your mulch. Like well, a, it is a fungus. So sometimes oh, people say, well, yeah. I don't want to keep something that's got, you know, yeah. fungus spores, fungal spores on the leaves on, on my property over the winter. Yeah. Because if those spores are available in the spring and it's wet, those spores mm. travel in water and yeah. they will reinfect your maple uh, in the spring so that, again, you'll see tar, <clears throat> tar spot in August and September. Yeah, yeah. This year, I guess it was just too dry. Well, that fungus probably infected all over my maple, but the fungus could not survive because it was just too dry. So that's one good thing. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Bright side about drought conditions. <laughs> okay. Fewer fungal diseases. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're set to go to the phone lines in just a couple of moments to say hi to uh, Josephine in uh, Pickering. So... Hang tight there. Uh, Here we are, Frank and Charlie on Zoomer Radio. We'll be back with you momentarily. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, uh, Charlie, let's head out to Pickering and say hi to Josephine. See what's on her mind this morning. Hi, Josephine. Welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm hanging in, <laughs> like always. What I'm calling about today is the Hoya. Uh-huh. Now, I had talked to you before about it, and I did what you said. Mm-hmm. However, I'm beginning to think maybe it's the size of the pot. I got no flowers whatsoever. But the thing is, that Hoya is very old. Mm-hmm. Could it be past flowering? No, no. So you haven't seen any flowers at all? Not a one. Hmm. And you're, you've got it in a fairly sunny location? Oh, yeah. Well, my house faces south. Okay, so you've got so lots of sun. So I get the morning sun and, you know, pretty well the early, well, the later east-south uh, sun and the west sun coming through the big window. Hmm. And talk to me about watering. How much watering have you been doing? 
Well, I had cut back on the watering because the soil, I don't know whether it's because of the, the um, because I look on the Hoya, it reminds me of a succulent more than yes, a, an yes. ordinary plant. Am that's I right. right or wrong? No, that's true. It does. It's got a very, very thick, waxy leaf. Very uh, thick. And <clears throat> they're very uh, pronounced and they're doing well, but no flowers. No flowers. <laughs> and that Hoya, I, I dare to say, is about 30 years old. And has it been transplanted into fresh soil ever in that 30 years? I transplanted it from the uh, pot that it was in when uh, I got it from my mother's. So how long ago was that? Uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I have given it fertilizer, but uh, it doesn't okay. seem to help. Well, I mean, this isn't the optimal time to transplant just because plants are slowing down and, you know, hunkering down. They know there's a blizzard coming, so they're not, they're not uh, doing anything in terms of getting excited about putting out any flowers or doing anything fancy yeah, for us. I'm getting overcast out here now. It's starting to block out the sun. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it certainly spring, spring and summer, f- feeding with a... Uh, flowering plant fertilizer is a great idea. Um, they just they're good with regular room temperature. Of course, do let it dry right down between waterings. And right. if you can put off, I would do a transplanting in the spring, like in February or March. Okay, slightly bigger pot. Uh, African violet soil. If you want to get soil that it's going to really like, get some African violet potting soil or I you know never soil. Thought of that. Yeah, it's available at any garden center or right. home center. I mean, you could just get any good quality. Um, Soilless mix, potting mix, but it's going to particularly like African violet soil. Moist, well-drained, nice and light. Uh, it's a good, great growing medium for Hoyas, also known as wax plants. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Those leaves, those thick, waxy leaves hold a lot of moisture. So be careful you don't overwater. Let it dry between waterings. And Say every three weeks? Uh, hard to say. It depends on how much temperature and how... Size of the pot, et cetera, et cetera. It's in a big pot. Is it? Okay, yeah. so maybe you don't need a bigger... Well, that can be part of it too, eh? If we go from a really little pot to a really big pot with nothing in between. Well, it was in a pot that was the size of, you know, the hanging basket pots? Yeah, like a 10-inch. And it was in a pot like that, but it cracked when uh, I got it, mm-hmm. like the pot cracked. So I transplanted it into this other pot. Now, it is slightly bigger than the uh, hanging basket size pot. Oh, okay, so it's not hugely bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, and that was years and years ago. So it's really probably a soil thing more than anything. I mean, you may end up putting putting it right back into the same pot it's in now. Right. But you're going to want to, with your fingers, tease away some of that old soil, get some fresh soil in around those roots. If it's a solid mass of roots, you could trim some roots. Right. Uh, or pr- even get a bigger bigger pot if you wish. But they don't typically have a huge root ball. They're, they're small roots, big plants. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. They're easy to root. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, there you go. But uh, I don't want to do it. It's my mother's plant. Well, don't worry. Just do it in the spring and you'll be highly successful. Okay. So you uh, figure the end of February, the yep. start of March. Perfect. Okay, then, Charlie. Thanks for calling, right. Josephine. Have a good weekend. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, you too. Much. Stay warm. <laughs> and gee whiz, I think we have a first-time caller on the line out there in Mississauga. Ah. Hey, Carl. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Excellent. I've got a question about raspberries. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got a fairly large patch, and I'm wondering, is it a good idea to take the ra- the leaves out of those raspberries? It's quite a job, and uh, I'm thinking if the leaves stay there, would that be good for the raspberries? Um, usually we, we're happy to leave leaves 
because they are 100% organic. So they are just going to decompose and create leaf mulch, which is feeding the soil and feeding the raspberries uh, in the future. The only reason I'd be worried about leaving leaves is if they're very diseased for one reason or another. You know, if they had some mildew or any, if you had any issues with diseases, which I doubt you did this year. Yeah. So I'd leave them. I wouldn't worry about them at all. Well, the raspberries are trying to take over the backyard, so it's a good idea. <laughs> Saves me a little bit of work, too. Yes, be careful they don't take over the backyard. They, raspberries do require some training, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, pruning and training and trying to keep, keep them tidy and keep them so you can... I mean, you, the worst thing is if you've got great raspberries and you can't get in, into the patch to get the raspberries. Yeah, so, true. so keeping those walkways and trying to keep the, the canes in a, a little military lines, if you can, and then you can get between. But leave the leaves, I would. Okay, that's great. You saved me quite a bit of work. Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks for, Thanks for thank calling. You, thank you, Carl. And, uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. No, that's that, right. uh, You've got that first call in there. Always welcome. 922 here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 9.26 on this Saturday morning, and it's a little blustery out there. Boy, I'll tell you. Uh, But uh, we have a couple of lines open, Charlie. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get through to Charlie, good time to call right now. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And a good morning to Chris out there in Dunville. Welcome to the show, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Quick question for you, Charlie, and it's... uh, well, it's the same question, but kind of two parts. <laughs> but uh, uh, a friend of mine just bought a house, and he's got a maple tree in the front yard, and it's about 18 inches. and 18 inches tall. Uh, the caliper. Oh, right, okay. Right? Yep. Got and uh, it's got real burgundy leaves on it, but the bark is really super smooth. Oh. Hmm. What the heck is that? Are you sure it's a maple? Yes, it is. And it's got like I I don't call it a red maple. I call it burgundy. Okay, more of a, a, a burgundy. Uh, but uh, it could be a Japanese maple. Maybe it's a Japanese maple. I don't know. Like it's got smooth bark, almost like a, a beech. Right, and Japanese maples have a very smooth gray bark. So now, this it, thing must have been there for years. Well, they, I've seen some really big ones. You know, thirty oh. years later, they are. 30 feet tall and wide. Is it quite? And they do definitely have a maple leaf, and they tend to have burgundy leaves that will turn bright red through the, the fall period. Yeah, because this, this is a, you know, I've seen red maples and stuff, and I, but the bark on it is uh, so damn smooth. Eh? Well, well, and the other one that we see hmm. a lot, that sort of burgundy leafed maple, is uh, crim, it's called Crimson King, and it's a Norway maple. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, that's, that's okay. So that's on. This is on the same topic. Can you recommend a good book to identify trees, probably with colored pictures in it, (laughs) that I could get, like, for Trees of Ontario? Hmm. Specifically Trees of Ontario. Uh, And you see, the problem is, is that 
there's native trees. So there's books that are all about native trees of Ontario or Canada. Then there's the, all the ornamental trees, like Japanese maple wouldn't be in a book uh, called Ornate, Trees yes. of Ontario because yeah. it's an imported tree. Because wasn't there a book years ago called the Durr? Yes. Well, Durr is the right the author D I R R. He's written many many books on uh, about trees. He is an American uh, teacher uh, professor in. Um, because I know they used to call Harvard, it the Tree Bible years ago. Yes, it's still the, still the Bible. Any of Durr's books, D-I-R-R. He's got, I have one that's kind of almost like a coffee table book because it's beautiful. It's got lots of color uh, pictures in it, et cetera, photos. But it's not every tree, but it's a pretty good, you know what, I'll, I'll scribble down the actual name on that and uh, I listen speak. every weekend. Yeah, I'll mention it next week. Nobody, nobody bothers to call me between 9 and 10. <laughs> Excellent. And I That's bet you great. there's even a, an updated one from the yeah. one I have, because the one I have is at least 20 years old. Well, but you I, could I, maybe I, mention it next weekend. Yeah, for sure the I won't. the show, I I'll will. jot it down. All right, perfect. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you very much. Have a safe day. Thank you. You bet. You Thank too. you, Chris. Indeed. Uh, let me get my uh, bell ringing arm out again here. <clears throat> All right, oh, let me grab the bell. Get it going, get it going. Ding. Hey, You're Pat. so good at that. <laughs> Pat in Burlington, welcome to the show, first-time caller. Hello. Good morning, welcome. Charlie, I must say first, I'm just in awe of your horticultural knowledge. Oh, thank you. I have a, a Christmas cactus that our daughter gave us a couple of weeks ago. It was loaded with blooms mm-hmm. and little bud nibs coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single thing has fallen off of it. Okay, two reasons why buds usually fall off Christmas cactus. One is, uh, could you have overwatered it? Maybe. Because that it will drop its flowers if it, and its buds if it gets if it's kept wet all the time. You don't want it does not want to be moist all the time. When it's super dry, like hard, like a concrete that soil, then you'll water uh, oh. and it'll be happy for that. And then you'll wait till it dries down. So thorough watering, but not very often. Okay. Might be every two weeks, every three weeks, depending on the amount of light and the kind of temperature it's in. Okay. So that's important. The other thing is, and probably this is a new Christmas cactus. It's one of the newer varieties. But the old varieties of Christmas cactus, the ones that we, you know, we, we inherited from our grandmothers and our mothers, they do not like to be moved. Once they set buds, they have this whole thing that happens where if you move them, the little buds, they ha- it's like they have a little universal joint where the bud mm-hmm. meets the leaf. And uh-huh. so when you move the plant or you turn it in front of the window, the bud turns to follow the light and the bud falls off in the process so that's with the older varieties the the buds will be fine they'll be nice and fat and plump and juicy but they'll just drop right off whereas if you've overwatered, you will see that the everything will be a bit soft so just be careful that it's not that okay do you think it should be in a window yep i I keep mine right in a sunny southern facing window and they love the cool uh, air near the window and that will certainly um, support the formation of more buds because they do respond to both length of day so the light and the dark but also they love the cool temperatures okay so if we did that it, it should be okay yeah and it's likely to set more buds just be careful with the watering Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much. You're very welcome. Yep. And the door is always open, Pat. Welcome and the back coffee's always the on. Coffee's on. You, oh, that's what you know. I do. I do need to. Oh well, then I'll just go and get that for you. Oh well, you, you run. I'll, yeah. I'll ad lib and yeah, yeah. talk about Are all you things okay? gardening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. You'll just do shout outs to everybody be, you know in yeah, the entire that's right. world. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now look at this. Another first time caller, uh-huh. Marlene Mount Forest. Hello and welcome to the show. 
Hello. Good morning. Hi, Charlie. Um, I have a question about strawberries. Not exactly the correct time probably to ask about the <laughs> strawberries. Yeah. But um, I planted some strawberries up here on in our garden. And actually, because we have trouble getting strawberry plants, mm-hmm. I just went to uh, a garden center and mm-hmm. bought what they had. So mm-hmm. I ended up with probably four different kinds of strawberries. Mm-hmm. So a couple of them did well. And a part in the middle of my patch just seemed to not do well. And it kind of turned kind of a rusty brown and started dying out Mm. so I thought well should I I cleaned them off and they were still living but the fall I'm kind of debating what should I do like are they going to do well next year or not so I anyway I plowed them under I left the two end parts which happened to be a good kind Uh I'm not sure what kind they were (laughs) but they did well yeah so now I question is do you know Mm. a good kind of strawberries that will do well Mm. um Probably because I'm further north than Toronto would be, so I don't know. I'm kind of looking for an ever-bearing with good-sized berries, Mm -hmm. and I'm just looking for some help from you if you kind of have any ideas on what to get. Well, I'm just thinking back. I mean, it's been a while since I kind of was tuning into cultivars of strawberries, and part of it will come down to, like you said, the availability aspect. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Leave it with me because, um, you know, the kind of the names that are flipping into my head right now, strawberry cultivars are from 30 years ago, and I'm sure there could be better ones now than what was the best 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. like I said, leave that with me and let me uh, either, if I can get a chance, I'll uh, provide that information during this show, and if not, I will provide that top of next show next week. Oh, that'll be great. Wonderful. Okay. I'll be listening. Excellent. And and remember too that if you do miss something, like if I speak too fast, mm-hmm. you're going, what did what did she say? What did she say? You can always go back and listen to the show again because we are podcast. Yeah. Okay. Just on the computer, you just go to AM seven forty podcasts, the Garden Show, and they're all there. Yeah. <laughs> I could keep you busy for a long time because there's a lot of them. <laughs> So, yeah, well, thank you for that. And like I said, I'll, I'll give you more information. I'll just have to do a bit of research. Okay. Thank you very much, Marlene. Uh, how long have we been doing this show? Since you... July 2008. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I remember the day well. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, ruefully. Yeah. Mm. Well, with that in mind, Franklin will just kind of... Sit here and ruminate for a moment. Uh, all right, Phyllis. Well, no, but you and I didn't know each other at all. Like, no, that's right. It was like we yeah. just got sort of tossed together, and it was yeah, like, yeah. all right, see kind of worked, if it you know, works. I think, you know, well, it, we yeah, did well, kind well, we of find a bit of chemistry, didn't very, we? Very good friends. Yep. <laughs> Phyllis in Burlington, welcome to the show. Hello. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Yes, my question is on roses. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I was cutting what I thought was suckers off a rose, and... Um, I, when I, I presume that suckers usually have seven leaves, and I cut off the suckers, mm-hmm. and when I looked halfway up, there was another growth that was with five leaves, and it was blooming all summer, mm-hmm. and I thought I was cutting off the sucker. I cut off the whole growth of the rose. Um, it's now coming back again, mm-hmm. but it's still got seven leaves. Should I be removing these, or is 
Okay, so this, this is a great question. And you know what? There, wa- there was a time when we could judge a rose by its leaflets, the number of leaflets in, in a leaf. Yeah. But that's not true anymore because the, depending on – so first of all, this rose is obviously a grafted rose. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what variety it is? Or do you do know? I don't know. I sort of inherited when we moved here. Okay. So uh, grafted roses or budded roses mean that the root is one rose – so everything sort of from ground level and below ground is is a rose, but it's not usually a very ornamental rose. It's usually a rose that's vigorous, it's hardy, and its flowers tend to be very, very small and not very showy. They're just single flowers with five little petals. So if the rootstock is growing stems, which is what we would refer to as a sucker, you'll know, first off, if you suspect a piece of cane doesn't look like doesn't look right or doesn't match the rest of the plant follow that cane down just you know put on your gloves follow it down 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 it it will typically a sucker will be growing off the root so it'll come from below ground yeah. and when you pull push the soil aside following that cane you will see there's a green growth growing off the root and with your nice you know firm leather gloves you'll break that sucker off you won't cut it you'll actually break it oh. and that will stop it from growing back so um, don't assume leaf count has anything to do in terms of identification. Oh, the, no. Oh, really? Yeah. So I can forget this. Oh, it's got seven leaves. Yeah, don't, don't, cut don't cut leaves. Don't, don't count leaves. But, and the other way sometimes is the flower. So if, if a, a cane is budding and ready to bloom and then all of a sudden it blooms and you look at it and go, that doesn't look like the rose it used to be, right? The rose used to be red or yeah. pink or yellow and all of a sudden now it's not and it's a small <laughs> rose and it's not very you know, sort of beautiful and uh, attractive like it was, again, you can suspect that it's coming from the root. If if suckers are left for any length of time, they will overwhelm the chosen rose or the grafted or budded oh. rose, and you will lose the chosen rose, and you'll just have growth off the root. So, right. And that's why we always remove sucker growth, because it's very vigorous. And like I said, it'll completely well, overwhelm. Well, it is, yeah. It's much more vigorous than yeah. the, the regular. So, But I mustn't cut it off. I must go down to the root yeah. level. Find out where it's coming from. And, okay. and it's doing cutting on roses at this time of year, of course, is fine because they're slowing right down. Uh, I was lowering some of my roses down to, you know, knee height, not, no, no shorter than knee height at this time of year. That's but I do some very severe pruning in the spring. I, I take them right down to a couple inches tall in the spring. So um, that'll be a good opportunity for you in the spring to really study and look at where those keens are coming from. Great. Okay. Okay. Good Thank stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling. Thank you, Phyllis. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here at 9.39 on a Saturday morning here in the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, I think we're going to be uh, visiting with an old friend of the show, Mary in Brampton. Good morning. Welcome to the show again. Good morning. You have a good memory. Ah, there you are. (laughs) Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Listen, I have a Christmas cactus at least seven years. I know because I had it before I retired. Mm -hmm. It is so dense in the pot, Mm -hmm. so heavy. Mm -hmm. I want to separate it, but I don't know when to do it. I want to, I want 
to finish flowering naturally. Uh-huh. But when you say separate, is it one plant or are there multi-plants in it's the pot? multiple plants because I have multiple uh. blooms during the winter. And are they multiple colors? No. It's all the, for some, some reason. Well, pretty. No, they're all same color. It's, yeah. it's like a, a, a disco pink. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, sometimes, so it's old. I'm just wondering if it, if it really was multiple plants or it's just so happy and it's so big and so dense that it's really just... So you don't want to go in there with a knife and start well, you that's know, that's chopping not, it up. I don't know what to do. I mean, I've, I've added to it, but I haven't added like the last five years. Oh, you added like little leaves and yeah, they grew. Yeah, so, well, you know, let me add. I, I got a space, I'll add some more. <laughs> you know, I got crazy doing that. And now it's it's so dense, I can't even pick it up. It's so heavy. So many people would be very happy to have such a nice sounding. No, but I, but I, I feel bad for the plant because I don't think it, it could do anything but but complain. Oh, it's just too crowded, too dense, too yeah. no air circulation, no sun penetration. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So what I would probably do is in the spring consider perhaps lying the whole thing on its side, taking that pot off, seeing if there's any soil in the pot or if it's all root. If it is all root, perhaps giving it a bigger pot. And oh, you I c- can't. If I put it in a bigger pot, I can't pick it up myself. Yeah, then it's just too much. Eh? And then it's just overwhelming. Yeah. So, I mean, and you, I mean, you can prune because each little leaflet on a Christmas cactus kind of stands alone, and yeah. you can grow a new plant from each of those leaflets They're, as well. I mean, they, they overflow the pot. Yeah. They're very healthy, but, uh, it but sounds it's dense. Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, the, you ha- in order to do any kind of shrinking down in size, if indeed you want to get, you know, open up some space there at ground level, you are going to have to tip the whole thing over and get out a knife and start carve, and carving out some of those yeah. excess plants. Uh, but remember as well, you can pinch it back, <clears throat> prune uh, I, it back. Well, it, it takes a while to get to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Don't don't do anything when it's flowering. Wait till oh, all of this should happen in late February, early March. Yeah, it's funny because I, like I said, I, I get blooms every couple of weeks. Nice. It's happy yeah, where it is. Neat. Yeah. You must have it in a nice, sunny, cool spot, and you don't water it too much. Well, that's just it. I I, I can't even tell if it needs water because it's so dense. <laughs> well, you know, actually, now you say that, I actually have one very similar. Like, I can't f- get my fingers down to feel the soil. Exactly. So I basically look at it. <laughs> and when the green leaves start to get a bit of a wrinkle to them, or they sort of get dull looking, yeah, then I water. Yeah, kind of grayish green. Yeah, they change color when they're uh-huh. super dry, then I water. And it could be a month between waterings. It's just, I just look at it every you know, week I'd or say, so. Oh, geez, when was the last time I watered the poor thing? Yeah, yeah. Don't water in the calendar, exactly. Just watch for that color change. But, so, but I definitely want to take it out of the pot yeah. make it some more refreshing the soil make yeah. it a little happier do a big sounds like it's due for a big reno but i would be doing that like i say early spring no, and then you get to go april. yep okay that works but i did take it out cut it cut it away yep I mean, I've, I've got the grandfather, I got the mother, and I got the daughter, <laughs> and lots of the, the, the grandbabies. <laughs> yeah, I'm real. It's ridiculous. Okay, so do it in April. Take it out of the pot. Give yeah. the pot a good cleaning. Yep. Separate it. I want to freshen the soil. Yeah, and get some cactus soil, which is a very well-drained soil. Right, right, right. A little sand. If you can't get cactus soil, just get good quality potting soil and add sand. Yeah. Okay, th- thanks, right. Mary. We've got to kind of push I, along here, okay? Thanks for Thank you call. very much. Uh, Lawrence in Whitby, hanging on the line there. Hello, Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Uh, I have a question regarding a milkweed pod. Mm-hmm. I picked one on a nature path, path a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I brought it home and dried it out. Mm-hmm. The pod 
is now split open and the little fluff is starting to emerge. Uh-huh. I wanted to plant a plant the thing and uh, I don't know the procedure. How should I go about it? Well, you have to mimic what Mother Nature would have done naturally. So you have two options. One is you can take those now ripe and mature seeds, take them outside to an area that is sunny, where you would like those milkweed to grow, and you can disperse them on the surface of the soil, pretending you're the wind blowing them into that location, and then sprinkle a little bit of peat moss or a little bit of potting soil or even just a little bit of compost on top and leave them alone but mark the area where you've done that so that you can watch for the seedlings to germinate in the spring. If you prefer to grow them indoors and have actual plants to take out in the spring, then you're going to have to do a process of of giving those seeds some a winter. Uh, they will not grow until they've had a cool winter period and that's where the refrigerator comes in handy. So it's called stratification. You will take those seeds, those that with a little fluff attached, and uh, put them in a Ziploc baggie with a little bit of moist potting soil. Stick them in the uh, vegetable crisper and forget about them for the next three months. And then pull them out in three months, and you should be able to uh, pot them up or you know lay them out in a flat and start the seeds, uh, the seedlings from those seeds indoors, uh, and to have plants to go out once we're frost free in the spring. All right. Okay, I think I'll proceed with a latter suggestion. All righty, okay. there you go. Let us know how that project works out. Thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> and uh, at 9.49, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, and uh, just a note to Steve there in Kitchener, hang tight, first-time caller. I'll be hauling oh, nice. out the bell in just a couple of moments here in the Garden Show. But we do have you a couple that. of... Oh, I do. Your uh, arm gets such a good workout. A couple of lines open. So give a call if you're in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back, Charlie and I, in just moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's get to the bell ringing <laughs> right, right off the bat here. Hey, there you go, Boy, Steve. In good Kitchener. thing you do your exercise. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to keep ringing like that. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Steve. Welcome. Oh, thanks very much. It's pouring rain, but that's okay. Oh, really? Oh. Not oh. raining here yet, but boy, is it windy. Yep. Here in Kitchener, it's coming down. Oh, my. It's coming our way. So what I have is I have this fence. It's about a good 100 feet long. Mm-hmm. And at one end is a uh, like uh, some vines are, are coming up and moving around. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking I'd like to eventually cover this fence with the vines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wooden fence and these parallel wood pieces are going along about 100 feet mm-hmm. but it's only at one end it's only a couple feet worth of vines so i'm thinking is there a sort of transplanting technique to sort of pop in maybe a couple of sprouts along the fence that mm-hmm. will do you have any idea what kind of vine you've got growing there is it something that you you know really like and it's you want full 100 feet of it um yeah, I would like the 100 feet for sure. The mm-hmm. vine, it's like a sort of a larger green leaf mm-hmm. um, and a, a sort of, just, I don't know, I, I can barely describe it, but it's a, you know, your typical vine here in Southern Ontario. Uh, well, did, did you plant it or did somebody plant it or did a bird drop it? or? 
No, it was here uh, when we moved in a few years back. It was messing around in the corner there. And I'm thinking, you know, it'd be great if I could just stretch this thing across yeah. 100 feet. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the only reason I'm asking is because I, I had an email not that long ago from a listener who found a vine growing in their garden and they thought it was kind of nice. And so they were nurturing it and caring for it and sent me a photograph of it and said, you know what it's called? And that was the one who was, they inadvertently didn't know, but they were actually caring and loving uh, a plant called dog strangling vine, which is very invasive and a really huge problem. So not something you want to care for. You want to eradicate. So that's the only reason I'm asking if it truly is an ornamental vine and not just... Friendly one in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can but, certainly uh, take cuttings uh, as a way to propagate. So in June, when the plant is actively growing, you can okay. take two inch, two to three inch tip cuttings. So, okay. you know, sharp pruners, uh, little pieces are cut off. And. Oh, and then lower leaves are removed from where you've taken those cuttings, and then you stick those cuttings into some moist sand or uh, moist perlite, and roots will grow quite quickly, particularly if you use a bit of rooting hormone. Once you've got roots growing, then it's a simple case. You know, By August, you can be planting those little rooted cuttings along the fence to start filling in that, that yeah. yeah, the 100 feet. Um, okay, great. And depending so what kind of vine it is, like some vines are grow really, really fast. You know, I, I remember people with like Boston Ivy and they'd say, oh, I, I've got 20 feet. Do I need like five plants? It was like, no, you need one plant if it's 20 it's feet. It's going to go like it, crazy. It, yeah. yeah, really, once it goes, it really goes. So it just kind of depends what. If you want to try taking a photograph and emailing it to me, I could just clarify what you've got and might just help us both decide how much, how many cuttings you might need and how long it'll take to fill in 100 feet. Okay, okay Steve, so you'll focus around June or so, May or June, and give you a ring around then. Okay, perfect. Okay, Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thank you so much. And Charlie's uh, email, just in case yeah. there are folks who want to do that sort of thing, by all means, it's c.dobbin, D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. Out to Scarborough to say hi to Charmaine. Hello, Charmaine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. I'm uh, I'm calling about a hydrangea uh, shrub that I have, uh-huh. and it's called strawberry vanilla. Yep. And it's supposed to actually look like a cone. Mm-hmm. It's a, a conical shape, just mm-hmm. like um, that lamplight, the limelight one yep. is. Yep. Yep. And it's supposed to be red and white. Right. It's two years old now. It's in the north-facing garden, uh-huh. and it's never looked like it's supposed to. Well, does it flower? Yes, it does. Uh, it it has some flowers on it, uh-huh. and they just go from a sort of a weird <laughs> sort of haphazard beige to a kind of muddy, you know, oh. red in the fall. It doesn't have that nice red and white ice cream cone look mm. yeah that, i'm just show, supposed to have showing frank some photographs wow. of it um well okay so it's supposed to grow white to start so white conical flowers it yes. needs you said it's in a north-facing garden how many hours of sun does it get roughly quite a lot like uh, six hours or more 
More, yeah. Oh, okay. More. So that's yeah. good because it wants to be in full sun. It wants to be in a, the hydrangea. These are paniculata with the cone-shaped flowers. They need um, a good quality soil. Do you, is it a fairly it's a well-drained but a fertile soil? So lots of organic matter makes a difference on the health and and you know sort of health of the plant and the number of flowers uh-huh. you'll get. So okay. that's important. So assuming you've got all that covered and you're getting a good quantity of flowers, they do start white. Um, they will should get the pink thing happening when the the nights start getting cooler. So usually oh. early September we start getting some cool nights and you'll start getting that that touch of pink. And it is quite an ornamental plant given the right sort of conditions. Conditions. It should look. Yeah. yeah. It's never really gone to the pink, uh, hmm. the lovely pink and white. Ice cream cone. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd be thinking about my soil. Uh, next spring, get some composted manure and get that uh, around the base of the plant so that you've okay. got, you know, a good half inch uh, added. Rough up your existing soil a little bit. But, you yeah. know, just get, start that process of improving the soil. And I think you'll yeah. find that you'll get better, juicier flowers. And awesome. once they're better and juicier, you'll start getting the right color on them as well. Okay, Charlie. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks, Jermaine. Right. Now, I don't know whether we have time to make quickly go to Beverly uh, in Fisherville near Lake Erie. She might have a suggestion that she's offering up. I'm just supposing. But anyway, let's try. Hi, Beverly. Welcome (laughs) to the show. Oh, wait a minute. First time caller. There we go. Hello. Yes, hi, Beverly. Uh, I'm calling about the man who's looking for a book about trees. Yes. I have a copy called Native Trees of Canada. Yes. I have that by R. C. Hosey, H. O. S. I. E. It's a fairly old book of Ottawa, nineteen seventy-three. But and it's a uh, soft cover book with photographs. It's got wonderful. Every every double page has a single tree with leaves yeah. and buds and yeah. shapes and. Yes, I have that book as well. And it's, you're right, that is a great book. So thank you for mentioning that. It is only native trees, though. So as it's I available from forestry. Okay. Forestry Canada. Excellent. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you very much for the tip. Thank you very and much. And thank you for being a first-time caller. Get that's that through right. to us. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we're almost at a racetrack here. We are. And actually, I'm just going back to who it was who was looking for. Oh, wait. Um, Chris in Dunville was one who called about looking for the a good book, a good yep. tree book. But and, and so that suggestion, Native Trees of Canada by R.C. Hosey, is a good one. Uh, but it is only native trees. Right. And so it doesn't have Japanese maple. Correct. It, yeah, but it uh, it is an excellent yeah. reference book, and I okay. did I back when I was studying trees, that was certainly part of my curriculum was buying okay. that book. Excellent show this morning, I tell you. Yeah, lots going on, and of course I've got some homework: strawberry cultivars, varieties, <laughs> uh, tree books, exactly. Lots to get back to for, with uh, next week, and you are back yourself. One o'clock, a, I'll be back. All right. Yep. Well, in the meantime, let's go have some breakfast. Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much, Sebastian. Thanks to our great callers, and thanks, Frank. I'm buying today. Oh yes, I know. <laughs> See you again next week. <laughs> this has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.